0: It's that time. It's that time. It is that beautiful time. Welcome, my beautiful family, for the third session of Therapy Thursday for the 2023 calendar year. I'm so excited. Look at you being intentional with your spiritual and your healing growth. I'm so excited that you have joined us. Go ahead and tag somebody. Tag somebody, tell them to join us. And you know how I like to do, this is virtual, but we try to make it personal. Could you please find somebody up and down the timeline and tell them, I am proud of you. You are continuing your healing journey. You are continuing your becoming journey by being intentional and coming to therapy. I see you, I'm proud of you. Come on, come on, come on in the room for those of us who are fasting i don't know about you but god has just been giving so much revelation so much clarity the enemy is busy but he is already a defeated foe so we're we're gonna finish this thing strong i want to encourage everybody who is joining us on our corporate fast or any fast that you're doing um, uh, depending on what church you are part of i encourage you to continue and finish Strong. There is a lot, I mean, absolutely a lot that I want to share with you. So I kind of want to get straight to work for this Therapy Thursday. If you're a first timer, let us know. This is my first time. And thank you so much for joining us. Uh, This particular Therapy Thursday session, I believe, is going to be extremely profound. Extremely profound. And I'm going to be transparent and translucent. (laughs) Transparent and translucent. On giving us biblical and practical strategies on how to fight, how to battle, and how to war. I still do, I still deal with this myself: how to war and wire our brain to constantly believe God's promises and God's faithfulness over what we see. I need to say that one more time. This is going to help us. It's going to help us be able to know how to fight, battle and war to constantly wire the brain, to think on the promises and the faithfulness of God, even when my eyes are telling me to believe something else. Because I can't speak for anybody else besides myself, but my eyes, my heart and my mind are not friends. (laughs) Don't judge me. Is there anybody else out there? Your eyes Your mind and your heart is not friends. They are not friends. They are not romantically involved. Now we know that to to really experience a transformed life is gonna require a mind renewal. Romans 12, verse two all day. I'm giving you Bible already. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind be transformed by the renewing of your mind be transformed by the renewing of your mind so in other words if you want a transformed life you're gonna have to renew your mind if you want transformed peace you're going to have to renew your mind if you want transformed joy you are going to have to renew your mind so that you will be able to test And approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will so when my mind is renewed please hear me when my mind is renewed I could test every thought this is so good already when my mind is renewed I could test every thought what if I told you that some of your thoughts aren't yours Some of the thoughts that are in your head, they are not yours. They are Satan induced ponders. Every thought you have is not you. See, some of us think what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my head? Some thoughts are not yours. They are a Satan induced ponder designed to clutter your mind designed to crowd your head and I'm gonna prove that via the scriptures um, in a few moments throughout this therapy Thursday session but I want us to understand when my mind is renewed then I have the ability to test thoughts so when a thought comes to my mind I could test it to either approve it or disapprove it I need to test this thought and see is this thought a God thought over my life is this thought God's will and his perfect will for my life? Or is this thought in disagreement of what God said about me and what he thinks about me? Because like the text says, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test. Without mind renewal, I'm not able to test. My eyes and my heart and my mind are not friends. I have to constantly remind my eyes to believe the promises of God that I have stored in my heart. (laughs) I've confessed with my mouth and I believe in my heart. I have to remind my eyes to believe the promises of God that I have stored in my heart and then I have to tell my head and I meditate on that. Anybody else? It's a constant. Eyes, you are not telling me the truth. I walk by faith, not by sight. Eyes, listen to the belief system of your heart. We have believed, listen to the belief system of your heart and mind, you meditate on that. You meditate on that. And something that I've discovered, something that I've discovered and that is greatly concerning to me. Now, please don't take this out of context. This is not for every situation, but it is for some. Something that I have discovered that is extremely concerning is how swiftly and how easy we place a label on something that is harder to overcome. It's concerning to me how swift and how easy we will place a label on something that is hard to overcome, especially in our society today. In our society today, anything that does not fit in, Anything that does not follow the routine, anything that society does not, that society deems as normal, if we go against that, they immediately put a label on it. Oh, this is how you think? There's a label. This is harder for you? There's a label. And the thing about that is that label gets married to our identity. And now we have become one with that label. But what if? What you're labeling as a problem or an issue is really a university that God is trying to teach you something. What if what you're labeling is actually assisting your mind being crowded? I'm going to use myself. I'm going to use myself. Remember, I told us I'm going to be transparent. I was so tired. I was so tired. I, I didn't recognize that I was mislabeling anxiety. I was mislabeling anxiety. I was so tired of every Saturday night having an anxiety war session. Is this, is this sermon gonna be spiritually nutritious? And um, part four was good. Well, how is part five gonna be? And there was an the illustration last week, God. Well, what about this one? And every single Saturday night, just the, the anxiety. I would tell Tanisha, my wife, I'm, I'm just I'm tired of the anxiety. And I remember one particular Saturday, just being transparent, I'm dealing with this too. I remember one particular Saturday, I was just like, God, I don't wanna preach anymore. If if this is what my Saturdays are gonna look like for the rest of my life, or until I pass it on to my successor, or unless I'm on a sabbatical or a break, if this is what my, my Saturdays are gonna feel like, I don't wanna preach. If I have to war with anxiety like this, Every single time Sunday gets closer, I don't want to preach. I'm tired of this anxiety. I'm tired of this overthinking. I'm tired of wondering, is this going to be good? I'm tired of that. And I was laid prostrate on the floor, crying out to God like, "I, I I am tired of this anxiety. And the Holy Spirit gave me a word that just changed my life forever and I'm honored that I could share it with you. The Holy Spirit told me, Jerry, this is not anxiety. This is the fear of the Lord. And I mean, instantly, peace hit my heart. That weight, it it, it lifted instantly. Jerry, this is not anxiety. This is the fear of the Lord. What are you labeling as an issue that really is a university that God is trying to teach you something? See, this is why we need Jesus and therapy. This might be offensive to some, but that's okay. I don't mean to offend, but I'm driving home a point. This is why we need Jesus and therapy. What if I would have had a therapist who was not spirit led? He or she would have gave would have given me strategies or steps on how to overcome anxiety. Well intended. Hard in the right place, trying to help me. But they would have given me steps on how to defeat anxiety. And I would have tried to figure out, follow the routine because I'm a man of discipline. I would have tried to follow the routine of how to be free from something that God is saying, no, keep that keep that. That's the fear of the Lord. You have a holy terror of ever trying to get on stage without me. You are terrified of trying to preach without my presence. You fear doing this in your own effort because I'm honest enough to admit I will look foolish without you, Lord. I don't know what I'm doing without you. I don't know how to husband without you. I don't know how to pastor without you. I don't know how to speak without you. you. So lead me beside still waters. Shepherd me I would have followed the routine of one that has anxiety. And the Holy Spirit was like, "Uh -uh. let's go to let's go to Proverbs 9. Let's go to Proverbs 9. Proverbs 9, verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So many comments. So many testimonies. I love the wisdom that comes from this ministry. I love the wisdom that comes from this this podcast. I love the wisdom and the health, the spiritual intelligence that comes from Therapy Thursday. That's not from my efforts. That's not just from my degrees. That's not just from my studying. Those are just ornaments, but that's not the nucleus. The nucleus of wisdom being poured on me is me fearing God. I don't want to do this without you. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. How many things in our life, in your life, just like I was doing, have we labeled as an issue? But what if it's actually a university where God is trying to teach us something? I don't ever want to preach without God's presence. Every service I want him to breathe on our encounter. I wasn't battling anxiety. That was a deposit. See, for me to, for me to, for me to lose that is for me to get arrogant. <laughs> God's like, nope, you keeping that fear of me. Because that's my that's my insurance deposit that you will never. Get success and lose your sense. That's my insurance deposit that you would never think that you're doing this on your own. That's my insurance deposit that you will always give me glory because you know that without me, you're terrified. So holy reverence, a holy fear. And then I could back it up with Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse six. Now it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Like we're not fearful of people. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God goes with you. The Lord, your God goes with you. He would never leave you nor forsake you. I wonder if your mind is crowded because you've mislabeled something that God is trying to use. I'll give you another personal transparent example. Um, I was preparing for this upcoming week And I already had the title. I was studying, trying to put it together, but it just wasn't flowing. You know, just the content wasn't, the faucet of revelation just wasn't there. And so what did I feel? I labeled anxiety starting to rise. Okay, it's Tuesday. Okay, it's Wednesday. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to go to sleep, God, until you tell me what this is. Because I saw before how I mislabeled this. I'm starting to feel anxiety, God. And God just spoke to me so calmly it's not anxiety that's not the message i want you to preach this is the one i want you to preach enjoy the rain that's part four of planted i'm right here with you (laughs) i'm right nobody likes a leader who comes off as perfect people appreciate a leader who is real many times my eyes my mind and my heart are not friends that's not anxiety It's, that's not the sermon for this week. This one is. What if I would have had friends? What if I would have had counsel that anytime something was hard or anytime something was easy, I just put a label on it as an explanation. This is not all the time, but sometimes we're mislabeling things. I believe this word on tonight is prophetic for somebody. Let's talk around this thought from this subject. Your mind is too crowded. Oh, your mind is too crowded. Your thought process is too crowded. Your logic is too crowded. Your mind is too crowded. Your mind is too crowded. So that whenever God tries to tell us something, if we be honest, whenever God tries to tell us something, if we were to tell the truth, our response is really this. Um, Okay, God, let me go overthink and I'll get back to you on it. (laughs) Your, Your mind is too crowded. Your mind is too crowded. Your mind is too crowded. If somebody like if we ask somebody a question or we send a text to somebody and they don't respond or we feel as though they're taking too long. If we don't get an answer, you'll come up with one. Am I talking to anybody? (laughs) If you don't get an answer, you'll come up with one in your head and crowd your mind. Your mind is too crowded. Your mind is too crowded. Overthinking, crowded mind. Overthinking, crowded mind. All overthinking really is, is the root of either fear or control. I fear the outcome of this or I want to control the outcome of this. Your mind is too crowded. Your mind is too crowded. Your mind is too crowded. Our mind is crowded and a crowded mind. Please hear me. A crowded mind disciples the brain to traffic in suspicion. This is powerful. A crowded mind trains and disciples the brain to traffic in suspicion. What happens if this? Well, what happens if they don't? Well, what happens if this doesn't happen? It's either the root of fear or the root of control. The only thing that you can control is your effort and your attitude. Your mind is too crowded. Can I go a little deeper? I've also discovered there is a marriage between those who never were understood and those who overthink. Did y'all hear me? There's a marriage between those who were never understood and those who overthink. See, when we have parents or caregivers that really didn't understand us, what do they do? Label us. You're just like, you have. Your problem is, why can't you be like? If you were more, they label. And since they didn't understand me, I overthink. What's wrong with me? Why am I like this? Why do I feel like this? Why do I think like that? Why can't I learn as fast? Why can't I? And so all of these things are present because I was parented and I wasn't understood. Now I overthink and overthinkers love harder. Am I telling the truth? Overthinkers love harder. If an overthinker tells you that they love you, rest assured that they mean it. Because they have already went over every thought on why they shouldn't tell you. They have already went over every thought on why this is going to fail. They have already went over every thought on why they shouldn't tell you. Overthinkers love harder. Your mind is too crowded. Is it possible that our minds can be so crowded by worry? Our minds so crowded by what ifs? What if this? What if our mind so crowded by lies that a word from God has to stand in the long line of our overthinking. (laughs) Could it be possible that our minds are so crowded with worry and so crowded with fear and so crowded with what ifs and so crowded with lies that a word from God has to stand in the long line of our overthinking. Your mind is too crowded. I want to, I just want to pray right here, God, would you help remove the crowd of thoughts? Would you help us to remember your promises, your faithfulness, your goodness over the terror of the mental scenarios that we are creating in our head. Forgive us for every time we had delayed obedience because we had to think about it first, overthink about it first, then get back to you. Heal us in our minds because we want 2023 to be our year of transformation. And we recognize via the scriptures, Romans chapter 12, that transformation is married to a renewed mind renew our minds, declutter our minds in Jesus name. And everybody who agrees with that, would you put in the room a man, a <laughs> man. Your mind is too crowded. Let, let's, let's say this confession. Can I get everybody to put this in the room in all caps? This is good, y'all. Everybody, let's put this in the room in all caps. Father, declutter my mind. I want your peace your thoughts, your words, to have unlimited access, remove the line. Again, Father, declutter my mind. I want your peace, your thoughts, your word to have unlimited access. Remove the line, 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 remove the line. 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 It's possible that our minds are so crowded with worry and what ifs that a word from God has to stand in the long line of our overthinking. Remove the line, Father. Remove the line. Family, I wanna try to get us to understand this. The enemy is not after your stuff. He's not even after your relationship. What the devil wants is your mind. He wants your mind. And so what he does is Satan loves to plant thoughts because thoughts are seeds that could transition into crop maturity if watered. How do we water them? By meditating on them. This is so good. One more time. Satan loves to plant thoughts because thoughts are seeds that could transition into crop maturity. And how do they transition to crop maturity? We water them. How do we water them? By meditating on them. And you could always tell. You could always tell if that thought of a seed has matured into a crop by our words because thoughts are seeds and our words are evidence of a seed that has been watered. Did y'all hear me? Thoughts, all they are are seeds. That's it. They're seeds. Oh, but our words, our words reveal and our words are evidence that that thought has been watered. Let me give you a Bible where you can see this. Job chapter one, Job chapter one, verse nine. This is Satan have a conversation, Satan having a conversation with the Lord. All right. So this is what Satan tells God. He says, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flock and his herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Now let's go to Job chapter two, verse nine. After Job is heavily afflicted, pain, loss, death, tragedy, Hardship. After Job is going through all of this, when the enemy can't get to you, he will always try to influence those that can. That's a whole word. When Satan can't get to you, he will try to influence those who can. So who could influence Job the most? His wife. That's why your relationships matter. It's a whole nother therapy session. So then I want you to notice what Job's wife says to Job. Job chapter two, verse nine. It says, um, his wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Mm. How in the world does Job's wife say the exact same statement that Satan told God that Job would tell you if he is afflicted? Obviously, he gave her a thought. Remember, I said, some thoughts aren't yours. This is proof. Some thoughts aren't yours. They are Satan-induced ponders. Some thoughts aren't yours. So how does she know to say the exact same thing that Satan told God that Job would say once he was afflicted? He gave her a thought. She meditated on that thought, watered it. And how do we know that thought went from seed to maturity? She spoke it. She said the exact same thing, because thoughts are seeds, but our words are evidence of that seed being mature and have and having been watered. Your mind is too crowded your mind is too crowded. I feel this family, God is like, I'm trying to get the healing in. I'm trying to get the discernment in, but your mind is too crowded, your mind is too crowded. I'm trying to get the peace in. I'm trying to get the joy in, but your mind is too crowded. Your mind is too crowded. I'm trying to get the healthy love in because for many of us, our problem is, we're trying to make wrong people love us right. Your mind is too crowded, your mind is too crowded, your mind is too crowded. I'm trying to get your confidence in, but your mind is too crowded. I'm trying to get your identity in, but your mind is too crowded, but they don't support me and they're never there for me and they don't share my stuff and they don't come to my event. Here's a perspective for you. What if the lack of support was God's way of removing your need of their approval? Ooh, just what if? The lack of support (laughs) was God's way of removing the need of their approval because their approval is crowding our mind. It's crowding our mind. I'm trying to get my words about you in your mind, but your mind is too crowded. Your mind is too crowded. Your mind is too crowded with worry, what ifs, and lies. So now a word from God has to stand in the long line Of our overthinking. Our mind is too crowded. Our mind is too crowded. And here's the thing. Crowded minds make exhausted people. This is so good. Crowded minds make, make exhausted people. Like you trying to take naps, but the naps won't take you. (laughs) You ever just lay there, you trying to sleep, but your mind won't let you? Feel this, y'all. Crowded minds make exhausted people. You can't take a nap. Your naps are needed. What are naps? They are necessary adult peace sessions. (laughs) You're trying to take a nap, but the nap won't take you. Why? My mind is too crowded. My mind is too crowded. My mind is too crowded. Now I'm exhausted. And that exhaustion leads to addiction. Gotta have my weed. I I gotta have my sex. I got to have my false escape because I'm so tired of my mind. What could help me escape from my own head? Connection. The mind being crowded leads to exhaustion, and that exhaustion leads to addictions. I got to have this. Why? Because I'm trying to I'm trying to find some way to escape my own thoughts. The crowded mind is the role that we play. And our own suffering I'm, I'm trying to escape this i'm, I'm trying to get some sleep I'm, I'm trying to get some peace and the holy spirit's like i'm trying to give you peace i'm trying to give you sleep but it's just that what i'm trying to give you has to stand in the long line first and we can't get in we can't get in somebody put in the room your mind is too crowded our mind is so crowded that we hide the real us like You hide the real you because I feel the, I feel there's certain parts of me that are unlovable. So I I gotta hide that part. What will they think if, what's happening? I'm crowding my mind. I'm crowding my mind in the same way I was begging God. I said, I don't want to go through this every Saturday. I don't want Tanisha, my wife, to keep asking me, Jerry, are you sure you're okay? I don't want this every week, what the heck is this? It's not anxiety, sir, it's the fear of the Lord. The mislabeling of anxiety was crowding my mind. So how do we overcome this? I tell you, I don't don't like to just present problems without solution, that's bad presentation, bad preaching, bad sessions, how? How do I overcome my mind being so cluttered and so crowded that a word from God can't get in? Number one, I have to remember who your father is. (laughs) Remember who your father is. Why is this important? Because all throughout scripture, if you study the text, all throughout scripture, interwoven throughout the fabric of scripture, we hear a constant tone of God telling us to remember him. Bible all day. Let's give you some scriptures. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse one. It says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Remember that now. Why? Before the difficult days come. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Not your job, not your grind, not just your ability, not your PhD, it's not just that it is he who gives you the ability and the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 11. Beware that you do not forget your daddy. Do not forget the Lord your God. Luke chapter 22 verse 19 where Jesus is is commemorating the last supper. He took the bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me y'all catching this all throughout scripture old testament 39 in the old 27 in the new all throughout the scriptures you will see god reminding us to remember your daddy remember your father remember why because remember has two definitions remember means first definition to recall or to bring back an experience that's the first definition put a mental bookmark there to remember is to recall or bring back or or to bring back an experience the second definition of remember is to put back together again so the enemy wants us to remember the trauma so that could dismember your joy Mm. Dismember your peace, dismember your confidence. Remember what you went through so that could dismember your peace of mind. Remember that God's like, okay, I need you to remember me so I could put back your joy, put back your confidence. So watch this. What you remember is either your ammunition or your aggravation. This is so good. What I remember is ammunition that clears the line of overthinking or is aggravation that keeps the line long. The enemy is a psychological terrorist of the mind. This is what he attacks. This is what he attacks. How do I start the process of removing the crowd? Remember who your father is. I just gave us a few passages of scripture. Remember who your father is. Why? Because point number two, after you remember who your father is, meditate on what he said about you. I love when the word connects. Remember what he said about you. Psalms chapter one, verse two. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. So the psalmist is really giving us the cheat code. <laughs> He's given us the cheat code on how to remove the crowd. Okay, removing the crowd is tied to your devotion life. Meditate on the word day and night. Your devotion is an investment in your joy currency. Because what you remember will either be your ammunition or your aggravation. And this has neurological implications, family. Because to remember a good event, go back to that bookmark, remove it. Remember means to bring back an experience To remember a good event literally releases dopamine in the brain. That is the neurotransmitter that we label as the reward chemical. To remember a good event is to release dopamine in the brain. That's ammunition. Oh, but it works the same way. If I remember a horrible event, I'm constantly meditating and rehearsing over that horrible event. You know what that does? It releases cortisol in the brain that is the stress response that is our brain and our body's stress response and your reward chemical and your stress chemical cannot function simultaneously they cannot work together at the same time one is going to outweigh the other so either what I meditate is gonna release dopamine or what I meditate is gonna release cortisol but they don't work both at the same time so I meditate, I bring back, which is why popular passage of scripture, Philippians four, verse eight, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever just, whatever things are pure, whatever is lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, bring back that remembrance, bring back that good event. Meditate on that, because that will remove the crowd. And then verse three, breathe and remember. Now I understand why the scripture says, be still. In other other words, God is saying, breathe, breathe. Everybody watching this, just breathe. In your nose, out your mouth, breathe. Breathe. That lowers cortisol levels. Breathe. Relax, I got you. I'm not gonna let you drown. I'm a good father, I'm never gonna leave you. I'm never gonna forsake you. Yes, you messed up, but you're not a mistake. Your mess ups have been hung up. Breathe, relax, and remember. The reason God allows for us to go through trials, the reason God allows for us to go through storms is so that you can remember how I got you through that last time. Remember how I got you hired when nobody else was hiring. Remember how I helped you heal from that divorce. Remember how I made a way out of no way. Remember how I caught your tears and helped you get restored in your mind. Remember that the only reason that you still have your sanity and you haven't lost your sense and you haven't lost your mind is because I was there. Remember that. Remember that. Remember who your daddy is. Meditate on what he said about you. Breathe and keep on rehearsing that. Last time I didn't know, God came through clutch. Last time I didn't understand, God revealed it to me in His timing. Last time it looked scary, God provided a way of escape. Last, remember my faithfulness. Remember my faithfulness. Here at our local church, um, we're experiencing massive growth and. I've been asking God, seeking God for a building. And this past Sunday was just, it was good. It's the best word I can say. So many words have come into my mind. It was good, but for me, I'm like, God, okay. We have people walking down the street. We Like our, our shuttle buses aren't moving fast enough to get people from this place back to the building. All of our our overflows are filled. When are you gonna give us a building? (laughs) I'm, when? I'm gonna be transparent. I asked when to, my father, my dad, I was looking outside at the, the Try Me flag. It was blown in the wind, and it was a reminder. I remembered what God told me November of 2019, Try Me. And so, as I'm looking at all the people coming to hear the word of the Lord, not here, Jerry, but coming to church, my dad said, God's setting something up. He said, God likes doing this. Remember, God likes getting people right next to the Red Sea where the mist is hitting your face. God likes to get us in the fiery furnace so we can see the fourth man in the fire. God likes to get you to smell the odor of the lion's den. He wants to get you right up on it. Then he steps in. (laughs) He was like, God loves 1159. (laughs) But I needed that in that moment to remind me, remember, I heard you. Just like I told you back in November of 2019, try me. You don't think that I see. These are my people. You don't think that I care about my children. I'm going to handle it. You just follow me. So in real time, I'm actually experiencing and modeling what it looks like to remove the crowd from your mind and just remember what daddy said. Remember who your father is. Number four, who told you that? I've said this so many times. Who told, when our mind begins to overthink, who told you that thought? Can't think of a name, it's you, or it's the enemy. See, the enemy wants your Job chapter one, verse nine thought to become your Job chapter two, verse nine words. The enemy wants your Job chapter one, verse nine thought. If you do this, he'll curse you to your face to become your Job chapter two, verse nine words. Are you keeping your integrity to God? Are you keeping your integrity to God? Curse him and die. Curse him and die. But we're gonna have to get to a place to where I have to remember what God told me versus what my mind is lying to me about. Number five, don't believe everything you think. Thoughts aren't always facts. I'm going to do a sermon on that one day, Torrance. Don't believe everything you think because every thought is not yours. And surely every thought is not true. Your automatic thoughts have to be filtered by your core beliefs. Your core belief is God is faithful. God, whatever it is for that particular season, that issue that you're going through, I got to have the core belief that God is provided. That's my core belief when I see all of this. So I can filter what's going to happen from my automatic thought. This is bad. <laughs> this is bad. That could be filtered because I have a core belief. How do I overcome this? How do, how, do I, how do I get the word of God to no longer stand in the long line of overthinking? I have to know what my father is. Meditate on what he said about me. Breathe. And remember. Who told you that? and don't believe everything you think. There's something that God wants to do in your life. This year, I'm prophetically speaking to somebody. He's been wanting to do it for a long time. Publish it, upload it, start it, activate it, install it. He's been wanting to do it for a long time. But that word is standing in the long line of our overthinking and on tonight, May this session begin the genesis of removing fear, worry, doubt, failure, insecurity, malice, pain. Remove all of that out the line so that the word can have unlimited access access to my heart. God, declutter our minds, remove the line. We want your thoughts, your word, your peace have unlimited access to our heart and to our spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.